Welcome to the Not Your Normal Social Emotional Learning Podcast. My name is Nene White, and the topic of this episode is one that really rings my bells because it directly addresses most educators' motivation to be a force for real progress in their students' lives. Fortunately, we can be even more effective than our own teachers, thanks in part to contemporary brain science of learning, which, if we implement its basic principles, which aren't all that complicated, we can make a world of difference in our students' social, emotional, cognitive, and life skills development. Educators today have massive challenges. I don't need to tell you that. Fortunately, though, educators also have previously unimagined advantages. Most specifically, I'm thinking of the knowledge available to them about research on the brain science of learning. Learning changes the brain. Well, actually, every single experience changes the brain. In other words, every experience changes the number of, the strength of, and the connections between neurons. The neuronal connections, often referred to as the neuronal wiring in our brains, grows and develops depending on our moment-to-moment experiences. Or the neuronal wiring in our brains shrink and atrophy depending on our lack of experiences. Another fascinating element of what's involved with learning is emotions. Maybe you didn't expect me to say that. I definitely wasn't expecting to discover that emotions are involved with learning when I first started reading about the brain science of learning. But then I thought about my own learning experiences, the learning experiences that mattered to me, the ones I resisted, the ones that bored me, the ones that challenged me in ways that I welcomed being challenged, and the rewarding feelings I had when I mastered those challenges. Emotions rely upon chemical messengers known as neurotransmitters. You've probably heard of some of those chemicals, like adrenaline, which signals fight-or-flight responses. Then there's dopamine, which is released when we're concentrating because we're internally motivated, and also when we feel really good about something we've accomplished. Serotonin is another neurotransmitter that's kind of the opposite of adrenaline in that it coincides with peaceful feelings, even sleepiness. There are numerous other emotion chemicals, slash neurotransmitters, but the point right now is to make it clear that there are concrete and physical correlates with learning and with students' relationship and attitudes towards what they're learning or what they're expected to learn but not actually engaging with the subject matter. When the brain's network of neuronal connections are exposed to any of the emotion chemicals, synapse strength the point of connection between individual neurons is modified. Either it is strengthened or it is diminished. This emotion connection has strong implications for student motivation. As part of educators' skill set, when we want to nurture and develop our young students' social, emotional, cognitive, and life skills well-being, we must approach this challenge by making learning rewarding for our students, by making 
learning relevant for our students. Learning must feel good to students if their learning is going to be real learning, deep learning, as compared to just passively taking in some information or memorizing uh, different elements. We want them to have learning that is remembered and used independently without constant reminders from us. And that's what real learning is, and that's what deep learning is. That good feeling that they get when they are engaged in relevant uh, lessons that uh, feel good, that give them real learning and deep learning, is enough to be their reward and their motivation for more learning and engagement and growth of their social, emotional, cognitive, and life skills well-being. To motivate students, as the brain science of learning tells us, we need to create learning experience with relevance and relevant challenges so they're internally motivated to learn, to achieve progress, and to gain some degree of mastery. Sounds like a ton of work, doesn't it? Right? Wrong? Well, maybe it is more work than we're used to at the start, but it soon turns into less work for us while creating more engagement and ownership by our students. How does all this happen? First, we've got to be open to redefining our roles as educators, from teachers to facilitators, so that we stop teaching all the time and instead start creating lessons that help groups of students discover their own answers to their own social, emotional, cognitive, and life skills dilemmas through collaborative peer group discussions. In the words of James Zull, a professor of biology and author of The Art of Changing the Brain, teaching most often negates the emotion needed for changing the brain. Teaching transfers the power from the learner to the teacher. Neuroscience tells us that the positive emotions required for real learning are generated in the parts of the brain that are used most heavily when students develop their own ideas. The biochemical rewards of learning are not provided by teachers' explanations, but by students' discovery, which leads to their own real ownership. This is especially true for students' social, emotional, cognitive, and life skills development. What's particularly encouraging about this learning approach is that mistakes are, mistakes are actually helpful, and that's what we'll explain in the next episode focused on the incredibly important topic of the brain science of learning. The important contribution of contemporary brain science of learning is that it provides educators with solid explanations about how and why the brain naturally engages in real learning. And when you think about it, it's how and why you learn, right? Look for the next episode on this topic, which will describe why mistakes are actually helpful in a learning situation that is compatible with the brain science of learning. Oh, and once again, I will ask you to rate this podcast so we can be more visible to more educators. 
And please do subscribe if you haven't already, because this podcast is just going to get better and more helpful with each new episode. Until next time, please be the teacher you always wished that you had had when you were a kid. Your students will love you for it. Thank you.